What's up, everyone? I want to tell you about a car that you are going to love. Check it out. The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped with everything you need to break free from the dull work week and embark on an adventurous weekend with your family. The all-new Hyundai Santa Fe's features like available H-Track all-wheel drive, standard third-row seating, I love that, available dual wireless charging pads, ensure that you can take on any adventure. So let's say you're ready to take the family on a camping trip or something like that. The Santa Fe is perfect for you. You've got all-wheel drive. You can load everyone up in the third row. It's time to start being adventurous, and you need the right car, and that's the Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe. Learn more about the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details. This is Fantasy Football Today from CBS Sports. On his way to the end zone. I'll tell you what, that was a spectacular play. It's time to dominate your fantasy league. What a play! Off to the races! Some combination of Adam, Dave, Jamie, Heath, and Ben. So at the end of the day, in PPR leagues, Travis Kelsey outscored Taysom Hill by two points. So if you started Kelsey over Hill, you made the right decision. Welcome, everybody. Welcome to a Monday show. Going a little early today. It's about 10.30 in the morning as we record this, so we don't have a ton of injury news for you. But we're going to recap Kansas City and Las Vegas and give you five big topics. Adam Azer with... I'm guessing a, a pretty happy Chris Towers. I mean, why not be happy right now? Uh, but not as happy as Ben Schrager. Ben is triumphant today. He is uh, on cloud nine. What's going on, Ben? Why are you so happy today? I had the greatest fantasy victory of my whole fantasy career last night. I was down by 11 with Travis Kelsey, and I was going up against Derek Carr. This was with 30 seconds left in the game. Kelsey scores the touchdown. I'm still I'm ecstatic, but I'm still losing. Next thing you know, Derek Carr gets the ball back, throws the pick. Negative two points. I win by one. It, the greatest victory of all time. No one cares about my fantasy team. I care. But that's why I'm happy. Chris that's cares. That's why I'm happy. Don't you care, Chris? Yeah. Yeah, that's right. We all care. Schrager Jagger. Good stuff. That's a lot of fun. Winning I, by one on a, on a garbage also, interception. I just want to point out. Yeah. I defeated Adam Azer. Oh, my gosh. 2QB League? Yeah, I don't know how I'm going to win with Baker Mayfield as a quarterback. And well, Jared I mean, Goff. Not, in fairness, the rest of your team also stunk. <laughs> it was not a good week. Um, Christian McCaffrey didn't play. Yeah, it wasn't a good. Week. I still have Godwin. Well, did you officially defeat me? Because I still have Gronkowski, Godwin, I mean, and Goff. I, I'm an 81. percent All right, it's not over. Big. We get a high scoring game tonight, and we got. We'll see what happens. We'll see what happens. Um, all right, listen. We got a props game for you. I'll tell you about that in a second. Let me preview the what's coming up on the show today. Is DJ Moore back to being a number one? Is Michael Pittman a must start? Where what's JD Dobbins or JK Dobbins season looking like? Quarterbacks to stream if you lost Joe Burrow and DST streaming advice. Uh, but tonight, who's going to have the most total yards? If you want to, you want to pre- uh, predict this. Obviously not the quarterbacks, but other than them, cbssports.com slash props. We're giving away $1,000 every week for Monday Night Football props. Answer seven prop questions, including which player will have the most total yards. And uh, last week we told you that definitely Nick Foles was going to throw for more yards than Kirk Cousins. So keep that in mind. But having said that, (laughs) who's going to have the most total yards tonight, guys? 
Having said that, I'll give Cooper Cup so everyone should go, you know, pick Robert Woods in this. But yeah, I think Cooper Cup has a great game. I don't think any of them go over 80 total yards. I think Cooper Cup wins it right around 78 total yards. I'm going to go with Ronald Jones. Ronald Jones, eh? Yeah. All right. Are you sleepy today, Chris? You just chill. a little bit sleepy, Adam. Sleep. It is early. It is early. Yeah, yeah. No, it's a little it. early for me. I mean, it's only ten fifteen. It's not that early, but you know, so yeah, I'm I'm up until like three in the morning writing on Sunday night. So, you know, all right, a little sleepy. You know, I'm trying to get trying to get uh, things going. Trying all right, to get those gears turning. Well, let's uh, let's we'll get you fired up with this one. The well, not the first one. Two is going to start for the Dolphins. Carson Wentz is not going to be removed. So you know. Carson Wentz is going to start next week, and they are facing they Seattle. Really, I know you. I know consider making that switch. Me too. At some point, like he is, he's awful, and it's not just the situation. Like this isn't just, you know, the the bad offensive line or a lack of weapons. Like he's just playing arguably as poorly as any quarterback in the NFL right now. The Miles yeah. Sanders, the the interception that was returned for a touchdown to Miles Sanders was an awful throw. The one to Travis Fulgham in the end zone. And he had two more interceptions, I think. One was dropped, and uh, the other one in the end zone was overturned by by review. He he has been really terrible. Right yeah. he His inter, his pick six was Flacco-esque. They basically did the same exact thing. His, I think, was a little worse. It was, well, uh, they were both. Because at least he, he was getting hit. Flacco but, like, he threw it just, so high. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, it was really bad. But at least no, the the I think the interception <laughs> down so by the bad. goal line to, that he was targeting uh, uh, Alshon want was when Alshon he, didn't jump for it. <laughs> well, but it was like four yards away from Alshon. It wasn't even like in that one he wasn't even like he is. It's like the Sam Darnold on Monday Night Football against the Patriots. He's seeing ghosts. Yeah, yeah, I it's he's a mess. Their offense is really bad, and I did see a tweet today that the Cowboys have only one game left against a team with a 500 record or better than 500, maybe. I don't know. The Cowboys have the easiest schedule, so maybe they are now the favorites to win the NFC East. But the Chiefs are clearly the favorites to win the NFC West as they get a brilliant come-from-behind victory, 35-31. They scored 35 points, and Patrick Mahomes only had 24. He had an interception near the end zone that, you know, could have been basically an eight-point swing because if he makes a better throw or maybe a better route was run, I'm not sure whose fault it was there. That's eight more points. That's six points for the touchdown, and and you don't get the minus two for the pick. So whatever. Mahomes is great. He's now thrown for 348 or more yards in three straight games, and he's Mahomes. But let's talk about the running backs here. Clyde edwards elair 14 carries, 69 yards, and two touchdowns, but only one catch. Le'Veon Bell, seven carries, 25 yards, and one touchdown, only one catch. Daryl Williams was in at the end of the game at the two-minute drill when they scored their game-winning touchdown. But, Ben, you know, talk about these guys because they definitely seem to establish a clear hierarchy of Clyde Edwards-Elair being the guy. You heard on the broadcast they were talking about Le'Veon Bell didn't want to come unless he didn't want to come to Kansas City unless CEH was cool with it. He's got no ego, according to the coaching staff. He's totally fine with any role. He basically just wants to win. So that was really nice to hear. But, uh, Ben, what do you think going forward for Clyde Edwards-Elair? Yeah, I think you said it perfectly. They have a pretty clear hierarchy. Le'Veon Bell is going to spell Clyde Edwards-Elaire. Daryl Williams is going to come in on passing down situations. But Clyde Edwards-Elaire is going to have a ton of potential to score touchdowns. And he's going to get 10 to 15 touches a week. So he's he's a must-start RB2. I don't think he's in the RB1 conversation, but he's a must-start. 
we've got questions about J.K. Dobbins later, but you guys look at J.K. Dobbins, Jonathan Taylor, Clyde Edwards-Elair, and DeAndre Swift, these rookies. And maybe tonight Cam Akers will <laughs> go off. But who's the who are the top two rookie running backs rest of the season? Oh, and not James Robinson. Forget about him. He's going to be ahead of them, I'm assuming. Look, if Swift wasn't hurt, I would have Swift at the top, but I don't know when Swift's coming back. David Johnson concussion on IR. So there's a chance Swift doesn't play this week. I'll take Clyde number one. I think Dobbins has a great chance to be number one, but I don't trust the Ravens coaching staff saying this was just the turning point and he's always going to have this huge share. But I was encouraged by Dobbins, but I'll prefer Clyde on the much better situation. Yeah, I think Jonathan Taylor and J.K. Dobbins are kind of in the same situation. They're both in three-way splits. They are both coming off arguably their best games of the season. But there's no way of knowing what they're actually going to have moving forward. I I suspect both will be the lead back, but that might just be that they get 40% of the carries and the other two guys get, you know, 30%. Um, I would actually go Clyde Edwards-Elair and Antonio Gibson. If Uh. DeAndre Swift is healthy, I think DeAndre Swift will be the number one uh, rookie rest away. Yeah, I'm sorry. I shouldn't have left Antonio Gibson out. He's, He's got this kind of solidified role. He's easier to predict, I think. The other yes. ones have been more volatile. Uh, okay, and uh, Tyreek Hill was amazing. Tyreek Hill, I wanted to see if this was a career high, 11 catches. I forgot to look that up. Who wants to look that up? Raise your hand. Yeah, I mean, it is. It's. I'll look it yeah, up. I got it. All right, there go, was go a for stretch it, where uh, he had, I think, the yeah, it was like the first six games of the season. He only had one game with more than six targets. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's got three in his last four, including 32 targets in his last two games. So Tyreek Hill's fine, guys. And Derek Carr. So Derek Carr now has thrown the ball 30 or more times. Oh, tied for a career high. Thank you, Schrager, Schrager Jagger. Good stuff. Um, 11 catches for Tyreek Hill. That's a lot. Anyway, Derek Carr. Now he's seven games this year with 30 or more pass attempts. And in five of those seven games, he scored 22 or more fantasy points in six point per passing touchdown leagues. And he's done that in each of the last four games in which he's thrown 30 or more passes. So he's had a few games recently, like the three before this, he only threw 23 to 25 passes, and he didn't have good fantasy games. But when he throws, he's been really good. He's kind of like Kirk Cousins. He's playing very, very well, Derek Carr, and he scored 27 points and could have had more. Uh, Nelson Aguilar had a couple of drops. Their fullback, Alec Ingold, had a couple of drops. And then the interception at the end of the game knocked him down from 29 to 27. That was the last play of the game in desperation. This yes, guy's playing was. great. Yeah, as Ben Schrager does. 70% rostered. Do you just start him when you think they're going to have to throw? Is that how we're going to approach Derek Carr? I wouldn't say um, you just start him because I would rather start Taysom Hill this upcoming week than him. Um, but, yes, playing Atlanta, Carr's going to throw a lot. The Jets, probably not. The Colts, yes. The Chargers, yes. The Dolphins, who knows? Yeah, I mean, it's tough to say when, like, here, the, the games, he's thrown 30 or more passes in all but three games. The three games he didn't were at Cleveland, at the Chargers versus Denver. I'm not necessarily, like, I guess Cleveland, that's a game where you would expect things to be relatively low scoring because the, the Browns play conservatively anyway. That was the win game, if you recall. Uh, okay, yeah, yeah. And then the Chargers game, like, that would be one. It was 31-26, and he threw the ball 23 times. That would be the kind of game where you would expect 
him to have to throw the ball. So I just, I don't know how, I, I don't know if I feel confident in being able to predict that. Um, and he has to play really well, even when he like, he's throwing, he threw 31 passes yesterday. Uh, and he had an incredibly good game and it was still 27 fantasy points, which is a very good game, but it's not great. So I just, that's pretty great. Uh, in this, this yeah, season, that's is it great? pretty great. Where'd he finish last night? Yesterday. That's the same amount as Aaron Rodgers, who was top five. Okay. Yeah. He so. was t- tied for fourth. Yeah. I don't know. I just, I don't feel like there's a ton of upside there. Well, that's fair. And what do you guys, last question here. What do you think about Nelson Aguilar? He's 41% rostered. This was his second game all year with more than four targets, but he makes him count. Six catches, 88 yards, and a touchdown on nine targets against the Chiefs. Um, so, yeah, in those previous three games where Carr barely threw, he was invisible. But when Carr does throw, this this appears to clearly be the number one wide receiver for the Raiders. Uh, ben, who's a bigger priority? They're, they're rostered in about the same amount of leagues, Nelson Aguilar or Michael Pittman. So if you want a guy for this week, I'll take Nelson Aguilar because he has the Falcons and he's a touchdown dart throw. Plus, maybe he'll have some catches if we can get Carr to throw the ball. So I'll take Aguilar this week with a better chance at a touchdown. But I think Pittman is a better option moving forward. Michael Pittman with a bullet. With a bullet. Okay, well, we can make him our first question then. Five big topics. Topic number one from Dave Kuhn. Is Michael Pittman a must start? And it's a little no. bit funny to ask that coming off of three targets, but he did catch all of them, and he had a long touchdown catch and run. And uh, he had 15 targets the previous game, previous two games combined. He played 16 more snaps than any other Colts wide receiver. He's their guy. He's their number one guy. I don't care what mm-hmm. the targets were. All right, so is he a must-start? Chris, you just said no. No, and like I, I think he is their number one wide receiver. I think he's pretty good, but we're, we're still talking about a rookie playing with Phillip Rivers, the Colts. Uh, still throw the ball to their wide receivers. I would imagine less than any team in the NFL. I don't actually know that 100% certain right now, but you look at yesterday and you know, Trey Burton had five targets. Miley Cox had two. Jack Doyle had two. Uh, the running backs had, I think seven between them or nine between them. So it's just, even though he is the number one wide receiver, that is less valuable in this offense than it is in other offenses. That being said, I do think he is a must add on waivers and, um, you know, can definitely be a, you know, number three wide receiver moving forward with more with upside. And he has a great schedule moving forward too. And we might talk about that a little bit with streaming quarterbacks too with rivers with a good schedule, but Pittman has a good schedule, but the 9% target share this week wasn't super encouraging. And they, they throw to 10 plus players every single week. Rivers spreads the ball around, but yes, Pittman's their number one wide receiver. Was this was this his first touchdown of the year? I think so. Probably, right? And it was yeah, a it was. long let's see let's see. It was. Okay. Let's see if he has any red zone targets. You guys curious? I'm very curious, Adam. Me too. Michael Pittman. Ooh, we need uh we need music for him. What does Pittman do? Pittman has four red zone, one green zone target this year. Not well, a lot. Not bad. He's only got 31 targets overall. That's the thing to remember is that you know he played the first three games of the season, started to look like he was going to, uh, you know, take on a larger role. But he was mostly below 60% snap share each of those first four games, except for one. And then 
and he had compartment syndrome. It was like a really scary sounding injury. He got stepped on and then he's come back in the last three games. He's been at 80% or, or more of the snaps. So, you know, I think he's, we're definitely learning a lot more about him and the role that he has over the last three games. And he's been pretty good. It's just yeah. not someone that I necessarily think you have to start every week. <laughs> Who's that wide receiver that ruins all of your delicious fruit? Pitman. All right. Next question. Next big topic. Uh huh. <laughs> From In the Booth podcast. Is DJ Moore back to being number one again? I don't know exactly how to interpret that. So let's say, Ben, is DJ Moore back to being a no-doubt-about-it must-start wide receiver again? No, I don't think so. I think he's in the wide receiver two range. I think that he's the number one in Carolina. I think that you know Anderson's going to have more targets than him, but he's shown of late that Robbie Anderson's just going to have targets. The yards per target are not great. He's had six or fewer yards per target every single week in the past four weeks. And Moore is their deep guy. Moore can score deep touchdowns, but I don't think Moore is a wide receiver one in fantasy. Well, but can you be a must start if you're a wide receiver two? No, not really. No? Because, okay. because I don't think that you know his two to four catches you know, that's a little scary in some PPR leagues. I think you can find other options potentially. But yes, I, I like more more than Anderson, and I'm going to want to start more. It's going to be tough to bench him. Boy, he's had a weird season. Very, very hard to interpret, you know. he. So to give you the numbers, he's now on pace for only 67 catches, but 1,255 yards and six touchdowns on 116 targets, and he has a 21.4% target share. That's really good, but they don't throw the ball nearly as much as they did last year when he had nearly a 25% target share in his first 14 games. And that's really what you have to look at. Remember, in his 15th game, DJ Moore left really early with an injury. It's kind of You can't really count that game against him. So when he was healthy, he was getting almost 25% of the targets. Now it's 21.4%. You can live with that, but they throw the ball a lot less. So he's on pace for 116 targets. He's making the most of them, Chris. I think he's averaging like 18 yards per catch, but mm -hmm. it's really hard to answer questions about Panthers wide receivers. That's that's my takeaway. Every week we do this, and I think that you... I, my personal take is like DJ Moore is obviously a really good football player, and I am inclined to start him. I'd have to be pretty loaded at wide receiver to sit DJ Moore. Yeah, I mean, I don't know if he's actually having a hard season to... I, I don't know exactly how you phrased it. A, a hard season to make sense of. Uh, like, Justin Jefferson's not having a, a difficult season to make sense of, right? We just know that, like, some weeks he's going to go off and hit on a big play or, or score a touchdown and, you know, be an awesome fantasy player. And some weeks he's not. And I think that's just the nature of the style of receiver that DJ Moore has become this season. He's... He's a little bit like Stefan Diggs last year. Um, he's a little bit like, you know, Adam Thielen, obviously, I think is the best version of this player, but he's, he's like what Adam Thielen is right now. Um, and there are other players in that mold. And, and basically what it is, is they don't necessarily get a ton of targets every week, but the targets that they do have are invariably very high value. They just don't always hit. They're kind of low percentage, high value targets, if, if that makes sense. And so it's the kind of thing where if he hits on that 52 yard catch yesterday, well, then he's going to have a, a huge day. If PJ Walker throws that pass 
two yards to the left and it's out of bounds and he can't catch it, then he just has a decent game. I think that's what you're looking at. Will, Will Fuller is another example. Um, but yeah, it, he's in that class of big play boomer bust wide receiver twos. Um, and I think you guys may be underselling Robbie Anderson just a little bit. His role hasn't changed that much from early in the season when we thought he was a must start guy. I think one of the things like production ebbs and flows over the course of a season, but when the role hasn't changed that much, I'm inclined to still give that guy the benefit of the doubt. And so that's what I'm doing with Robbie Anderson, where Yes, he hasn't had more than 75 yards in a game since week six. It's very disappointing given how good he was early. We're talking about Robbie Anderson now. Yeah, Robbie Anderson. But, you know, it's eight plus targets in four of five. Uh, The average depth of target has been at least 8.2 in four of five. So I do think Robbie Anderson still has a very valuable role. And this is probably just like the low end of his range of outcomes on a per target or per catch basis. And we'll probably see some positive regression moving forward. So how is the, how has the a dot trended like throughout the season for Robbie Anderson? It's been pretty consistent. Like there was a peak in the middle between weeks five and six, where he was 10 to 16 yards per uh, target in each game. And then other than that, it's pretty much been, right around eight to 10 with the exception of two really bad games. Yesterday's being, you know, 3.28 average depth of target. That's really low, but uh, he had one with 4.4 earlier in the season too. And, you know, PJ Walker being the quarterback, he's not going to be the quarterback moving forward. I thought he was pretty impressive, uh, but I don't think you want to take too much out of that. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. All right, let's go to our next topic here. Big topic number three. Is from Charles Hamill. Where do you see J.K. Dobbins going forward? Uh, Baltimore. We, yeah, I I agree. I think he's going to be on Baltimore. All right, let's um, go to big I mean, topic they'll, number. They'll four. play on the road a few <laughs> times, so like. Oh right, Pittsburgh. Next week he'll probably be in Pittsburgh. Um, week fourteen in Cleveland, but for the most part, Baltimore. This is such an exciting development, though. I, I think. All right, I, I did some numbers numbers crunching. I took the combined statistics of all three running backs. So far this year, I gave him 66% of that 66% of, you know, let's just say he gets two thirds of the, and this is just rushing. Let's say he gets two thirds of the carries going forward. Then I gave him a 16 game pace and then I gave him, and then I divided uh, to get a per game average and I gave him 10 receiving yards per game, which is what he's averaged. 
That brings him to, in non-PPR, 10.7 fantasy points per game. And that would basically make him tied with what Miles Sanders and Clyde edwards Zeller have done this year. And it would be about RB18. Now, he could be even better than that. The pace, by the way, it was 226 carries, 1,043 yards, and 8.5 and touchdowns rushing. And then just, like I said, 10 receiving yards per game. He could be better than that because he's had a much better yards per carry than Ingram and Edwards. So when you combine all their statistics, his is kind of like weighted down by their lack of efficiency. Or They haven't been bad, but he's been much better. He's really elusive. He's really damn good. Um, and maybe their offense gets going a little bit and plays better. Who knows? But yeah, I think I think you're looking at an RB two, certainly a non PPR, and like who I don't know if he's getting if he's getting 15 plus touches a week. Nobody's sitting J.K. Dobbins, I think. So uh, that I'm optimistic, I'm hopeful, and I hope we get a DeAndre Swift situation here. You probably need to see one more week before you fully trust it, but. I don't know. I'm I'm pretty pumped up about what we saw, and I wish I had J.K. Dobbins on any of my teams, and I don't. Ben, how do you feel here? Where's Dobbins going? Yeah, I'm encouraged. And with your exercise, too, I think if you made it 55% of the touches for Dobbins and used his efficiency, you'd probably get very similar numbers, a very productive RB2. So regardless, I think if they just have Gus Edwards and Mark Ingram split and Dobbins gets the majority, that would be enough for me to say he's going to be a guy you can't bench moving forward. Thanksgiving, he's got the Steelers, who he just ran all over without Ingram last time. I'm probably going to start him. He's going to be a top 20 running back. And then he's got Dallas, which is going to be a boom game, regardless of his touch share. So he's not going to get 77% of the touches, but give me 60%, and I love Dobbins. Cool. All right, so how about Dobbins or... I'll try to do a non non rookie here. Oh gosh, Miles Sanders. I'll, oh, Miles Sanders for sure. Sanders. I was gonna say I like him over Giovanni Bernard, Duke okay. Johnson, guys like that. Well, Duke, yeah, I think Duke's easy. Gio's not as easy because Gio's gonna be involved in the passing game, and Dobbins probably isn't. Maybe one. Yeah, or two I think that that can be a PPR versus non PPR thing, and that might be the same thing with Miles Sanders, although. I, I don't know for sure that Miles Sanders is a better runner than J.K. Dobbins. We have a very small sample size for J.K. Dobbins, though he has been pretty impressive. But Miles Sanders is really good. He's outstanding. Uh, I mean, he had the the fumble yesterday, but you know, for the most part, he's been exceptional. That you know, in his career, really. Yeah, Dobbins was the running back I was so excited about. Just go look at his game log, like the last five games in college. He faced a lot of good defense, and he ran for like 150 yards or more against basically all of them. He's an absolute beast. So set the beast loose. And if he's available, he's 82% rostered. If he's available, go get him. I, I think a good comp is, and don't get mad at me, because I know the fantasy football community has decided Kenyon Drake is the worst player in the history of football. Uh, that's probably a pretty good comp for what you should expect. He's going to get, you know, I, if he I does get that role, it'll efficient. probably be most of the carries, although not all of them, but maybe a majority. Uh, and not much passing game work. I, I, think, I think he'll be much more efficient, though. Um, I, I maybe. Just, I mean, yeah. they're both there. I think they're in pretty similar situations. Kenyon Drake's in a better offense. Um, he's averaging four point four yards per carry. Like he's been. And Dobbins is what, like, well over five, right? Yeah, but smaller sample size. Uh, yeah, I mean, he might be more efficient. I think Drake's going to have more touchdown equity, so I, I think it'll be pretty close. All righty. All right, guys, uh, moving on to our next topic here. It's from, it is from Brad Zabar. Brad Zabar, Zanzibar. 
Who do I stream rest of season? I lost Burrow and Dak in a 14-team league. Dalton, Tua, Rivers, or Kirk? So that would be Christian. That would be Kirk Cousins, not Christian Kirk. Dalton, Tua, Rivers, or Kirk? Let's just talk about streaming quarterbacks in general, but if you had to pick one of them, Dalton, Tua, Rivers, or Kirk, who would you go with? It's Rivers for me. I think the pass volume is going to be pretty insane, and he's got really four good matchups coming up. Tennessee, Houston, Las Vegas is an okay matchup, and then Houston again. So I'm encouraged by his matchups, and they're going to have to throw in those games, and they will throw, and he's going to throw to Jonathan Taylor too, which he hasn't been able to do recently or hasn't chosen to do recently. So I think Rivers is the best option of all of them. What if, we threw, what if we threw Taysom Hill in there? I prefer Taysom Hill over all of them. I'm very... Uh, I don't know how much we learned about Taysom Hill yesterday. I think, like, he, I don't I think, think he didn't play nearly, I don't think nearly as well. that was well a game plan that you can run against a real NFL defense. Here's what I learned about Taysom Hill yesterday is Jameis Winston is not playing quarterback. Sure. Because that was the scary thing sure. going into yesterday. Yeah, he, he I, just, a little lucky I don't with know, his man. It, it was a lot of it was like screen screen slant slant screen yeah badly underthrown deep ball that emmanuel sanders somehow caught because the defender couldn't believe how underthrown it was screen 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 slant and so i just like he was passable he was competent as a quarterback and i think that'll be enough given his rushing ability right um like right. i think the it'll be like josh allen next year last year That's or exactly his rookie season what, what where i was just gonna like, say yeah What's that? That's exactly what I was going to say. Yeah. Yeah. Like, you just hope he's not a disaster throwing the ball because he's such a good rusher. Um, but I I, I don't want to... Yeah, he's not like... He's probably a must-start quarterback just because of the rushing. That's just kind of how it the is. The thing about slants and screens in that offense is you have the best screen yeah. pass catcher and you have the best slant pass catcher well, in the league. So He didn't throw the ball to Alvin Kamara at all. Which but was, maybe he didn't have to. Yeah. Yeah, that was concerning. I don't know if you heard this, Chris, but uh, Heath said he would rather have James Robinson than Alvin Kamara in, I mean, in non-PPR. James Rob- in non-PPR. James Robinson's not out. getting the ball thrown to him either. I know Gardner Minshew will be back at some point, and he'll start throwing it to him, but if Jake Luton remains the starter, um, which he shouldn't, but I don't know when Minshew's going to be healthy, but Luton's not throwing the ball to James Robinson either. He has nine. Yeah, but Robinson gets 20 carries a game now. Sure. Kamara sure. gets 12 or 13. I mean, I don't. I didn't agree with it, but it was an interesting yeah, take. I, I disagree. And and Minshew, by the way, is also like if if you, if those guys aren't available, like Kirk Cousins is seventy three percent roster, Derek Carr seventy, Rivers forty nine percent. He's much more available. Dalton is widely available. He gets Washington this week. I mean, I, people are like hailing him because he threw three touchdowns. He threw for two hundred and three yards against Minnesota. Uh, other names just to throw out there: Teddy Bridgewater at Minnesota this week. Then a bye, unfortunately. Like you, you're gonna take it week to week, but Bridgewater, if he plays, and I and I think he has a pretty good chance of playing at Minnesota, that could be good. I don't trust Daniel Jones at all, but he does have 20 to 24 points in three of his last four games. A lot of it's been rushing, but his next his next four games are Cincinnati, Seattle, Arizona, and Cleveland. They all rank 20th or worse against uh, against quarterbacks. I'm, really, I'm just talking to 14 team league owners who are desperate right now. So yeah, I mean, throw I, those like, names I think out there. And Minshew the, the way this question was phrased is the right one. Like, well, I, I think the way the question was phrased is who am I streaming the rest of season? Well, not any one person. Yeah. You're streaming. Like if in a 14 team league, if you lost someone like Joe Burrow, you're, you know, maybe next week you're starting Teddy Bridgewater against the Vikings or 
uh, I don't want to say Baker Mayfield against the Jaguars because I don't think it matters who he's playing. He's just not particularly good. Uh, but it's going to be someone different every week. If Taysom Hill's out there, he gets the, the Falcons again in week 13. Uh, and he's who's, probably going to be a, a must-start guy at least the next two weeks. Who's a who's a late, if the trade deadline hasn't hasn't passed, late-season by-low quarterback? I, I, Lamar I, I, Jackson? Yeah, yeah, I was thinking on the lower end, like like a Stafford, because if if Galladay plays, he's going to be a lot better. And I, I mean, I don't think he's going to be great, but I think I think he's going to be better than Burrow. Like Burrow, let's be honest here, you weren't winning your league because of Joe Burrow. He did some encouraging things, but he wasn't putting up great fantasy production. But you oh, could, Ryan Tannehill. The problem is he's not a by well this week. <laughs> yeah, I guess I was thinking of somebody that like you could just get maybe even maybe he gets dropped or something, but. If I mean, Galladay's healthy, I think I think you can get in the twenty-two point range from Stafford. I, I know I just dumped on him, but Carson Wentz. Oh, he's got Seattle he's this been, week, but he's been decent for fantasy, even when he's been playing poorly, because um, of rushing touchdowns mostly. Yeah, uh, Stafford. I we'll see with this thumb. It didn't look like he should have been playing yesterday. There was the uh, particularly there was that low snap fumble that. Um, he just like it, it looked like he had no chance of picking that up and it was a bad snap. It was at his knees, but like he he just didn't look like his hand was right. Um Yeah. Yeah, I, I think Lamar Jackson is a great by low still. Um yeah. Okay. Someone who could get dropped to Adam after tonight is Jared Goff with a tough matchup tonight. Late in the fantasy playoffs, he has the Jets in week fifteen and the Seahawks in week sixteen. Cool. All right, let's go to this last one here from Bossy. When it comes to DSTs, do you play a good defense with a bad matchup or a worse defense with a great matchup? <laughs> it's a good it's question. Worst Sliding defense. scale here. You know, it's not... Like, I'm, I play... The Chargers really let everyone down last week, huh? This week. Although no, they, they, did had have, no, they had a pick six. I didn't even check how many points they scored. But they gave up a lot. I think the better way to think about it is not good defense, bad defense, good offense, bad defense, but more sacks and turnovers. Like Cleveland doesn't have a great defense, but they were going against the Eagles who have been turning the ball over like crazy this season. Uh, They've been giving up a lot of sacks. So uh, Cleveland was a good streaming defense this week. Um, I'm trying to think of like, the Giants are always a good defense to stream against because Daniel Jones has real turnover issues. I think that's and get sacked, <laughs> and he get yeah, and and so I think that's the better way to look at it. Um, you look at the top DSTs. What am I looking at? I'm, I'm gonna fa- at I'm gonna favor the the good DSTs though. To be quite honest, uh, like I'm not sitting the Steelers for uh, probably. I haven't looked at the schedule, but if I were doing rankings, I know the Steelers against the Ravens this week are probably going to be like top three or four. I'm just not sitting them. And the Chargers, they were saved by the touchdown. They they had a decent game, but they gave up 26 points. They only had one sack. They had one interception. It's not like you... Uh, it's not like they played very well even against... They're a bad defense. They're a horrible defense. So I'd be yeah. wary of using them again. There's only two games the rest of the season for the Steelers where I think you might look at them and say, well, they might be in the lower half of the number one DSTs, and that would be Baltimore and then at Buffalo in week 14. Uh, other than that, Pittsburgh's defense has Washington, Cincinnati, and, and the Colts. They're going to feast. 
Yeah, it's going to be. And then they're just so good. I don't know. So I have no problem streaming DSTs. I mean, we all stream DSTs, but I prefer to just go with the really good ones. If you find the really good ones, right? Like the Steelers are definitely one of them, but I don't know. Like the Colts, I don't know, are one of them. Let's see how the Colts did this week. Off the top of my head, I don't know DST scoring. I apologize, but they played the Packers. Seven points, depending on the league. Well, they had oh, they recovered three fumbles, so (laughs) that's weird. They had one sack, one interception, but three fumbles, and they ended up with in like a normal league. Like I don't know the basic CBS scoring nine points, which is really good. They've been very good. This is the tough thing, though, is we know less about who is a really, really good defense right now than we generally think we do. We're still dealing with really small sample sizes. We're still dealing with, um, I mean, we're talking about 10 games for every team except, what, two or three? And so... I so this is why I tend to be a little less sure about a team like the Steelers. Just you're going to start them every week. Um, I think we know more about who the bad offenses are than the great defenses, I guess would be the way that I would put it. Well, one thing I can say is that even if you are nervous about your stud DST, I would, I just wouldn't drop. I would never drop the Steelers. I'd find a way to roster a second one. And the, the best example is going to be the bears. The bears are 52% rostered right now. They've been really, really good lately, except for one game against New Orleans. They were terrible. They had a bye this week. They're at Green Bay. And then after that, there's really there's not a matchup, I think, that you're going to sit the Bears. But at Green Bay in Week 12, are you going to start them? You know, it's a tough call. You, I don't know if you have to because they're only 52% rostered, and I don't know if anyone's picking them up this week. Yeah. But, you know, that's, that's going to be a difficult decision. Green Bay does not give up a lot of fantasy points to... DSTs unless they fumble three times like they did at the Colts. So. Well, when I saw this question, I thought immediately Seahawks because their defense we all know is terrible. They've actually had a lot of sacks and they have amazing matchups coming up. I would start the Seahawks over the Bears. Yeah, the Seahawks are get the Eagles this week on the road. Uh, the, the Seahawks DST, like their next four opponents are ranked 26th, 28th, 32nd, and 30th in fantasy points allowed to DSTs. So they're the, they're the best matchups you could get. Eagles, Giants, Jets, football team. And we'll see. I mean, Are you going to start the Seahawks over the Steelers this week? No, I'm still rolling with the Steelers. Yeah, it is It is interesting, the good defense versus bad offense, because you look at the top five, the, the, the top five DSTs this week were the Browns against the Eagles, not a great defense, but a great matchup. Steelers against Jacksonville, both. Saints-Falcons, great defense. Good matchup if Julio Jones is hurt. Yeah. That's right. been the case all season. Matt Ryan's averaging like 6.4 yards per attempt in the games where Julio Jones has either missed or been hurt. Uh, and then the Panthers, who aren't a great defense, but are decent. And the Broncos, again, decent, but I don't even know if the Dolphins would have been considered a great matchup. It's I don't know. I there, there's have. no easy answer. I tend towards streaming and playing matchups and looking for the quarterbacks who are, you know, your your Nick Foles, your Nick's full, your Drew's lock, your <laughs> Nick's Mullen. Uh, th- those are the kind of guys, unless you have a Steelers, I think is the way to view it. All right, that's going to do it for Fantasy Football Today. Thanks, everybody, for listening. We're coming at you tomorrow with the waiver wire. Don't forget we have a Twitch stream tomorrow night, Tuesday night at 8 p.m. Eastern, where we'll help you out with more waiver wire and starter sit and trade questions and things like that. And we'll talk about Thanksgiving. It'll be a lot of fun. 
So for Ben Schrager and Chris Towers, I'm Adam Azer. Thanks so much for tuning in, and we'll talk to you tomorrow. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.